Don't be ashamed to learn things that you need to know. Here's Sexplanations with Dr. Doe. Episode 36 of Sexplanations Podcast. I'm your host, clinical sexologist, Dr. Lindsay Doe, and with me, your co-host for the day, my friend Dustin, who is also my photographer and uh, my co-pilot. And what else have you been in my life, uh, my friend? Co-pilot, you mean when we went to... Kalispell? Yeah, we did a ride share together on Craigslist. Yeah, you responded and picked me up, and that's how we met. So, co-pilot, photographer, spontaneous show assistant. (gasps) Oh, yes. Guest panel speaker. You were a guest panelist Mm -hmm. in my human sexuality class. That's right. And most recently, you were the green man in our episode about orgasmic sex positions. I thought my identity was supposed to be a secret, but okay, whatever. All right. It's no longer. No, I'm just but my face was zipped up. I thought that was hilarious. So yeah, I mean, because for me, the green man or person is gender neutral and identityless, so that anybody can imagine themselves in those positions, regardless of their totally. Body I liked makeup. how you swapped the roles during that whole thing too. So yeah, it allowed for that gender neutral thing to really play out. That was cool. Yeah, people mm-hmm. were saying they couldn't tell which one was receptive or which one was female or which, you know, whatever. I was like, yeah, good, perfect, Mm -hmm. job well done. Mm -hmm. If you don't know what we're talking about, you can go to youtube.com slash explanations and search for orgasmic sex positions. Dustin and I, uh, we dressed up in full body suits and did, I don't know, maybe 30 sex positions. Sounds about right. Approximately. All based around orgasms. Is that so? Yeah. I actually didn't know about that detail. <laughs> I just was doing what I was told to do. So but that's that's also awesome. So <laughs> that makes sense now. Yeah. Job. <laughs> yeah. It was very entertaining and I really liked how you let me cuddle with you and we played around at some points and, you know, did a little dance. Mm-hmm. Got creative. We did. Mm-hmm. It was interesting being in the reverse role with someone else there performing in any way. Like with me with a strap on? Precisely. And I've just, I've never, you know, you feel the pressure of the body up against you and sort of the stretching in different ways and then conceptualize the idea of receiving in that manner, however that would be, I guess. Uh But for me, I was thinking about being female and you being the male. Mm -hmm. And that was something I'd not quite had put into such a physical example before. So it got me me outside of an experience, you know, that I'm used to. So it was interesting in that way for me personally, which was kind of cool. Yeah, that was so fun because... The directors didn't want us to move when we were holding a position. And when I had that strap on on, I couldn't not move. Kind of like a, felt like you had to do something with it, huh? Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, Mm -hmm. I really did. It was so fun. (laughs) And you were so kind to just let me (laughs) (laughs) express myself. Yeah, it's uh, sometimes it's that simple. Just, you just feel like. Fundamentally, you just got to do something with that sort of a power drive. Yeah. Yeah, it was good. So I was hoping that we could talk about love styles today because sure. there is an episode of the YouTube show of Sexplanations where I go through one model of love styles and there's a bunch of questions. And I was thinking that we could both ask each other, answer these questions together and kind of see where we are now. Because when we met mm-hmm. on the Craigslist rideshare. I think we were both going through love things at the time. Yes. And that yes. was maybe... I was on my way. You were picking me up and taking me north to so that I could go see a girl I was dating at the time. Mm-hmm. So there was that there was that whole thing going on. And I think you were we talked about that 
during the car ride. And so I don't remember precisely what yours was. I, You'd have I to was, remind me. I had just been dating a guy who I really, I still love him, but in his words and my words, we don't get along very mm-hmm. well. And um, I think at the time I was going to help a friend with her newborn baby and toddler. Okay, yeah. And so I was going to go stay with them for a couple of weeks. Mm-hmm. But I always like talking to strangers about love and sex and I know this. intimacy. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. And then we've talked about love multiple times since there. R- relationships. Sure. So let's see where we're at. Yeah, I, at I bet now. there's going to be some, for me, per, I'm imagining that I will have noticeable differences. I'm hoping anyway, in a maturing fashion. Let's, let's put Ooh, it that way. I hope so. I read a David Bowie quote last night before going to bed that was something along the lines of aging allows us to become the better versions of ourselves or the selves we are always meant to be. Sure. I like that. Me too, right? So hopefully that's in play here. Mm-hmm. All right. Before we go into these questions, though, I do want to give a shout out to our Patreon supporters, Donna Flint, Paul Nixon, and the Millers. These people are pledged at what's called the boss level, and so we just I like doing a little special something for them. That's cool. Boss mode. Special shout outs. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Let's talk about love in their honor, shall we? Let's. Let's. Yeah. Okay. Um, here are the questions. First of all, um, directions. These people, Clyde and Susan Hendrick, designed a 42-item questionnaire to match Lee's love styles so that you can determine which ones you are. So Lee is the person who created this original model that has six different types, and it's called the Love Attitude Scale, or LAS. So if you want to search for it online and follow along with us, I think there's a version of it where you can do it interactively. You don't have to write it down and calculate it yourself you can actually do it but we're going to read through the questions so 18 items you're going to use a five point Likert scale five is that you strongly agree with the statement and one is that you strongly disagree three would be neutral okay yeah i'm with you thank you and then you're going to give the instructions based on your most recent relationship if you haven't been one in in a relationship ever then you just imagine how it would be okay yeah? Yeah, I had to pause for a second because I was defining relationship in my head. So I think Ooh. I nailed it down, though. So there we okay, go. Okay, okay. Wait, tell me what you went through in your head. What's relationship to you in your head? Well, there's always... Well, I suppose I categorized it as obvious long-term, maybe exclusive, uh, one-on-one partnership, okay. friendship, I suppose, over a period of time. And then there are more harder-to-define short-term, I guess, mm-hmm. romances, if you will, mm-hmm. and to... If that's more recent than something quantifiably long over time, is, do I weigh that? I don't know. So, I was, but I so think what I gotta, did you I settle on? Um, the most recent probably the or most the recent longest thing. Term? Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Which, without getting into all that, just is not, we didn't date for, say, six months. You know, call it that, kind of put it in quotations. Casual? No, there's just a long distance element to it as well. Oh, so, okay. it's passing through while we were traveling, we met, so to say. So, yeah. I don't know. It's such an awkward thing to try and define, but to me, it's romantic. So I guess I would go on that. So Does it have love? I suppose. <laughs> is, this, is this where the other person finds out that there is love in the relationship? Yeah, the I, guess, I guess podcast? I wasn't using that as the lens, the love lens. So yeah. maybe I guess I got to go back for that then. Or not. Yes, yeah, I suppose so. Maybe love is an expression, a behavior, and not necessarily something that you have to say to another person. Yeah, so it's nuanced. It's like something where there's curiosity about that, and there's always, I don't know, this nebulous idea of it. Mm-hmm. But it's not, so to say, 
we fell in love at this one yeah. time together, blah, blah, blah. So it's not, nothing storybook like that. But so that was my pause. Okay. That out so here. I think what you're saying is there's this person that you're currently seeing. So kind of. Me? me? On the phone. Long distance? Yeah. Phone phone sex? No, just conversations. <sighs> Pretty infrequent, actually. So I'm not actually banking on this. I'm still, I was just going to use that as the most recent example of how I approached something like love. Oh, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. To assess myself. I like it. Yeah, so it's less uh, a consideration of the future of this particular relationship mm-hmm. as just um, the most recent event to see see how that is. This is yeah. fun. To see how it fits into this test. Yeah, I like it. Mm-hmm. Okay. Um, mine's going to be love, like straight up, totally storybook love. Cool. We'll, we'll compare notes and see what it's like. See, I feel like that's the more appropriate way to do it. I should probably pick the last time no. I was in love. Well, when was the last time you were in love? Hmm. <laughs> <laughs> Ever? Yeah, years ago, I suppose. Okay. Yeah. A couple years ago. Maybe, yeah. Yeah. I, I am appreciating more and more that love is a thing that comes and goes. Because mm-hmm. I think as a child, I thought that when you loved somebody, you always loved them. And so I felt like I really had to attach myself to a person and stay in some form a part of their lives because love is for always. It's unconditional and everlasting. And I like now that I can detach from that if I need to and I can make space to love others or love myself differently by letting go. Letting go. Some of us have trouble with that. I don't think I do. But I once, <laughs> I I've do. considered I before that do. I ever actually fall out of love with people like completely. Mm-hmm. And to look back at all of these different relationships to decide, did I fall out of love with them or do I actually still love them in the way that I've memorialized them, I suppose? Yeah. And so they're probably, you... they, they're most likely not the same people even, but do I still think of those or reflect on that with love or did I stop loving them? You know, well, I, I'm not really sure. That's always something I've reflected okay. on from time to time. So you don't know. Because I'm super curious. Mm-hmm. I want I want your answer. I want to I want to take it from you. Yeah, I suppose maybe I don't know. It's that's a an internal debate, I guess. Stay Exploration. Yeah. yeah. Okay. One more thing before we go into the the serious organized questions. I want to know what you think about the relationship between love and sex because sex explanations is so much about sex education. We're talking about love and relationships because they often overlap. But what do you, Dustin, think about their relationship? Between love and sex? Yeah. Well, this is great. I never actually, I don't spend too much time thinking about this on the regular, so this is nice. Um, Let's see. Good. I'd say clearly closely entwined, and it's hard to isolate them as separate sort of events. I think you can have one or the other without, but they're... They're definitely on the Venn diagram have a strong overlap to some degree. For you. I would think so, yeah. And so, I don't know. It really comes down to such a specificity of person and uh, persons and the type of relationship that I I don't know what else to say at uh, right away because it would it's just so specific and subjective to mm-hmm. the individual. Yes, you, I think sex without love is fine. Love without sex is fine. I often see them overlapping, though, through my own experience and the observed experiences of others that I'm surrounded by. So, But that's always just so varies mm-hmm. per couple. Mm-hmm. So I don't know. In general, I mean, do I, what do I think about it? I think it's great. 
Yeah. No, uh, me too. I'm a huge fan of sex without love, and I'm a huge fan of love without sex. And when there is what I would call love making, where the two intentionally overlap, mm-hmm. um, it's pretty profound. Mm-hmm. Yes. Yeah. But it's not what I want all the time. I definitely do not want love making all the time. Right. I, I like myself a nice yeah, so fucking you, like animals. Yeah, so <laughs> right. Yeah, so you could kind of break it down into these various ways of uh, you've got those two domains but then you've got specific ways that each one can be broken down into different experiences itself. So mm-hmm. they be, you know these types of interactions could be some kind of domain specific in the way that you interact with each other. So yeah, that really for me I guess um, the term sex positive comes to mind, yeah. I suppose, in seeking that without love. And love through maybe some of these interactions. I'm just thinking out loud here. I, like I don't know. It. You're I asking like me to go, yeah. so I'm going. Um, I don't know. I think it's uh, very taboo in some ways, depending on which circles you're in, to think of these things outside of the other domain, which uh, to me seems to be a bit of a bummer. Because I think sex should be a positive thing and more, which is why I enjoy your podcast and your show. Oh, thank because you. Because there's not enough normalcy around it, I would say. Mm-hmm. And there's probably a very classical. Uh, clinging to the notion of love with sex and that when two people are interacting this way that there has to be a certain classical meaning behind it or pairing, I Mm -hmm, suppose. mm -hmm. Something rigid, anyway. Mm -hmm. So, a looser idea of that sounds really nice, I suppose. But, uh, yeah, I think, yeah, thinking separating those things is just just as good as having them together. Excellent. Okay, well then let's move on, on this sex show, to talk about love. Are you ready? Go so five, strongly agree. One, strongly disagree. Statement one, my partner and I have the right physical chemistry between us. Uh, this is reflecting, right, on the past relationships, not currently? I mean, yeah. Right. You could do the long distance one you're referring to, or you can do, we can do whatever we want, Dustin. Five is strongly agree, right? With the, with the line, yes. With the line, would you repeat the first question? <laughs> yeah. My partner and I have the right physical chemistry between us. Uh, five. Yeah. I think it would be hard to answer anything lower than five, but people are totally going to do it. I agree. That's that question right there is a, so what determines whether or not I engage in a new partner sexually after the first encounter. If I feel like that's less than five, I don't want to. After risk one that. shot? Yes. You, you don't even give a trial period to it? It's not that I won't. That's not an absolute way that I approach it. Mm-hmm. But if I absolutely feel that it's not a five after the first experience together, that's mm-hmm. kind of a deal breaker. And I don't, and so then it becomes sort of an ethical dilemma because then I feel like I'm just <laughs> doing it to satisfy my needs, but I'm not really satisfied. And now I feel like I'm taking advantage of somebody's. Uh, so, yeah, five is pretty important. Yeah. I agree. Okay. Two, I feel my lover and I were meant for each other. Three? Otherwise, we'd be together to this day, no matter where you placed it. Yeah, that's true. So we'll say three, because it lasted for a minute at least. (laughs) (laughs) So we were meant for each other for that much time. But yeah. (laughs) Oh. Which is fine. (laughs) We need to write these down so that we can calculate our, our answers. Do we have pens anywhere? I do in my bag. I got to make some noise. That's fine. Okay, so there should be a Dustin column and a Lindsay column. Okay. And there's 18 items, and my one was five, and your one was five, and your two was three, and my two 
I mean, I'm going to go with right now relationship, and I'm going to say five. Okay. Okay. Three, my partner fits my ideal standards of physical beauty and handsomeness. Four. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, that was hard to honest, uh, answer honestly. <laughs> because but we don't know who's listening. No, I, yeah, and I think about that, I guess, when I was, I was thinking about that when I was answering, but I don't know. Yeah, four, I guess. But I don't trust myself either, but that's what the intuition said. What don't you trust? I think, well, I'm no different than anyone else in that I'm susceptible to ideas that are forced on me, the way I grew up, my upbringing, okay. yeah. the conditioning that occurred subtly without my awareness. So how much of that is based on that image of perfection or idealism is based on past relationships versus culture and how that formulates my expectations? I don't personally trust it. So I'm going to say four but I think that I don't know if I can believe a five ever. Oh, so interesting. So I'm going to go with four. Okay. What is your ideal? How do you mean? So when it says fits my ideal standards of physical beauty and handsomeness, are you saying that your ideal is the ideal and you can't trust whether or not that's what you truly want? I just don't know what's influencing that vague idea of ideal. Is it like, like is it my past experiences or things I've seen and witnessed, you know, I, I don't know what's actually reinforcing that with enough clarity to know that that's true, you know. What part of the body are you most sexually attracted to? Oh, we're just to? talking about parts of the body? Yeah. So, okay. Face, I suppose. Oh, that's such a lovely answer. Yeah. Followed by breasts. <laughs> For real. But face, absolutely. Like, that's pretty important. Yeah. Breasts are amazing. When they smile, if they smile and they look at you, the kind of visual communication that you have non-verbally if that's not that one would be a five so that's fine i guess i was thinking overall the whole thing yeah so yeah but when you make a connection non-verbally face to face mm -hmm. that's that's got to be you know to me beautiful have so. you ever been eye fucked i fucked yes mm -hmm. you mean quietly across the room yeah yeah yeah, yeah that's the best yeah, yeah. <laughs> for real so good yeah okay mine's a four two I think that my ideal as of right now is Tom Hiddleston. <laughs> when I sure. started, my ideal was closer to Christian Bale from Newsies. Oh, I'd go American Psycho. No, don't even put that thought in my head. Not in the, not in the sociopathic way, just his physical body. <laughs> Pretty incredible. Oh, no. I, I don't want a ton of muscle. I kind of like. He was a little bulky. I like like nerd, nerd boy look. I like. Um, Fair enough. And anyway, these are your ideas, so, our ideals. So what are yeah, I, I like things that are different than me, but I tend to choose similarly. Uh, what what else? What else is attractive to me? Symmetry, mm. um, complexion, all the classics, right? That's what society tells us. Yeah, I and prefer I, shorter, I suppose, yeah. classically, yeah. I like veins in the arms, mm. and I'm attracted to body hair, and... I found that I am, too. You're attracted to body hair? Yeah. Interesting. Yeah, no, yeah. not like a hairy back way, but, you know, just a normal human way. Like pubic hair hair? Yeah. Okay, yeah. Yeah. Um, I think it's going to come back. A little armpit hair even, a little leg hair. It's great. Yeah, yeah. It's actually find it pretty attractive. Good. I, it's like someone in the raw form, in, as long as it's attractive, <laughs> it's yeah. pretty cool. I Agreed. Mm -hmm. I'm a huge fan for all genders. What else do I like? I like glasses. I like 
the matching hypothesis, I think, is the biggest influence for me is whether or not that person and I have the same level of attractiveness. Because if they're significantly more attractive or significantly less attractive, then I, I feel the social pressure of a mismatch, and that makes me uncomfortable. Sure. So you feel like you're able to accurately assess similarities and attractiveness? Because I personally yes. struggle with that. I'm never sure if I'm on their level of attractiveness, according to them. Really? And as well as maybe society, but I sort of struggle with that. Yeah, I can't always tell. I'd say I rarely am. I rarely can tell. I still go for all kinds of stuff. Like I approach people. I don't let it get in my way, but I sincerely can't tell sometimes. Interesting. So yeah. you can't see Dustin, and Dustin is wearing a green suit in the Explanations show, but he's a very stunning man. Oh, thank you. Yeah. yeah. You are. That's very nice. But to I say. think that's why you can probably experiment with all different people because, yeah. I suppose so. You're stunning. Yeah. Oh, yeah. thank you. Yeah. That felt good. Thank you. Good. I'm here to compliment you, make you feel delightful. It's working. <laughs> you can throw some more of those in there, too. Anytime. Did we do three? And I said we did one four. four. And we okay four. I believe that what my partner doesn't know about me won't him hurt him or her. And I would say one. One more time. I believe that what my partner doesn't know about me won't hurt them. What they don't know about me won't hurt them. No, I totally disagree. So you're one too. Mm-hmm. Okay. Yeah. Yeah, I think if it's private, then yeah, it doesn't have an influence. But if it's to me, that statement is about secrecy, and it would make me into a nasty little creature, and that creature would definitely do damage to my relationship. It also doesn't specify the way or the context in which the information from our past is conveyed to this new person. True. If it were just we were doxxed or whatever, and we had no control over that, it could be co- taken completely out of context. Did you say docs? Docs, yeah. What are where docs? Where people dig up dirt on other people, make your information public to smear you. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Whereas if I conveyed my own history from my point of view to this person carefully and with consideration and mm-hmm. love even, mm-hmm. there maybe it wouldn't hurt, uh, harm them or affect them. But if they just got this Twitter-style event fact about mm-hmm. my life, it might actually devastate them depending on what it was. So it doesn't say anything about that. So I'm going to go with, yeah, I don't agree. Okay. Mm-hmm. Um, I have sometimes had to keep my partner from finding out about out about other lovers. I have sometimes had to keep my partner from finding out about other lovers. Mine would be a one. Yeah, one. I've, as in, I really don't want them to know I was with somebody else, a specific I person. Currently. Currently. Yeah. As in, I've ever had to hide that I was with multiple partners. Yeah. Yeah, one. Maybe I'm misinterpreting it. I have sometimes had to keep my partner from finding out about other lovers. Maybe past two. Yeah, that. But even then, my answer would current. be one. I'm a huge fan of like exactly. This person and I had this experience and we did this then. and Exactly. And that relates back to what I was saying about the previous question. If I'm talking about it with them uh, together, Mm -hmm. shouldn't be a problem talking about it for me. Ooh, so good. What's your answer? I hope this makes us good lovers. Uh, One. So on six, my partner would get upset if he or she knew some of the things I've done with other people. One. I have to assess how they would react to the things that I've done if they discovered them. Mm-hmm. One. Yeah. yeah. Same. I think part of that is that I don't think I have done things with other people that are super upsetting. Uh, mm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm. I'm going to put two. Two? Yeah. Mm. 
Because I think there are some things that I've done that are upsetting. Some things you just wouldn't really want to talk about. Well, I know I definitely want to talk about them. But they would be upsetting. But I think they would be, to a healthy person, they would be upsetting. They would be like, mm. that's not cool. I see. Oh, okay. Oh, interesting. Yeah. Hmm. I wonder if my privilege keeps me from having too much of that to talk about. Because that implies not just the positive, but the negative yeah. experiences that would be upsetting. I mean, there are things that I'm not proud of. Like, I, I've shamed partners in relationships and name-called and... Oh, yeah. See, I didn't even like go to that Aggressive area. with people. And I don't like that about me. And so that's upsetting to me. I so I think disclosing that to another person about my past and how hopefully I have changed, I think that would – it's not upsetting that I am that person. I think it's upsetting just that anybody would treat another person that way. Right. Yeah. So I suppose if the net result was to convey growth and progress and change mm-hmm. that – I hadn't really thought about it being upsetting because I guess I, I can recall times when I've done exactly that. I've done very awful things, say, during a breakup mm-hmm. when I was younger. Yeah, right. And I look back on that. And I'm like, oh, but to me, I've forgiven myself. I consider the growth that I've changed and learned from that experience that that didn't come to mind so readily. So if that came up, it would have been if that were to come up with a partner, I just feel like, oh, piece of cake. I'll explain They've somehow this very specific thing came up, I suppose. Mm-hmm. I would have no trouble just talking about it, being like, oh, yeah, so that was a really awful thing I did. I was 22, you know, it was mm-hmm. really obviously no one should do that. But clearly I, I can see that with ease to this day. So hopefully they wouldn't be too upset that we, I was once ignorant, young, mm-hmm. naive, yeah. made mistakes. So Okay, so then in terms of questionnaires, does that mean that I need to respond on the affirmative side? Of the Likert scale, doesn't that mean that I need to put something above neutral because I do agree? I suppose so, right? You only partly disagreed. Like a two would mm-hmm. be slightly disagree, but I don't actually disagree. I agree. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah, that's true. All right, so, so you can you put me as a four. You want to be a four there? This is number six? Yeah. Okay, and then seven, our love is the best kind because it grew out of a long friendship. Mine is a one. Yeah, I really have to go on past relationships then because... We're not really in love in that storybook way. So I'm going to go with traditionally, yes. Traditionally, you've been friends with your lovers Mm -hmm. first? Wow. Mostly. Interesting. Over half. So strongly agree four. Eight. Our friendship merged gradually into love over time. Isn't that similar to the last one? Yes. For good reason. You'll see. Hmm. Mine is one. I don't think I fully agree with that, I guess, because I think I fell in love with people that I really tried to be friends with before it became mm-hmm. relationship love. Yeah. So partly agree. <laughs> I'm going to go with three. Okay. What was yours? I think mine was one. One. At least where I'm at now, I don't think it was friendship at any point. I think it was we're dating. Now I'm Your totally lovers. in love mm. and we can be friends. Mm. But That's yeah. cool. Nine. Our love relationship is the most satisfying because it developed from a good friendship. Hmm. If I were to think about that as a requisite for relationships, I'd say I disagree. Okay. What about the one that you've been reflecting on for the majority of your answers? Oh, gosh. This one's confusing. Tell me one more time the question. (laughs) Our love relationship is the most satisfying because it developed from a good friendship. Uh, No. Two. Okay. Pretty disagree. Mine's a one. Ten. 
My main consideration in choosing my partner was how he or she reflected on my family. One. Yeah. Can I put a two there? Mm-hmm. Reflected is a strange word in this sense. Is it how my family appears to them? No, it's how... Let's try this again. It kind of implies that they've met them at least once, and then you're gauging how they responded to that experience in post, I suppose. My main consideration... And did they reflect positively on them or not? How they reflected on my family. You're saying reflected, like mentally thought about my family, and I'm thinking reflected, like how they... Are compared to them? Yeah. Mm. Like, do they make my family look good? Would marrying them serve my kinship? What would my family think of them? Exactly. In that case, yeah, that comes up. So two? Sure. You can put me down as a two. Eleven, an important factor in choosing my partner was whether or not he or she would be a good parent. So would they be a good parent? Oh, gosh. No. I'd like a... What do you say? I'm going to say three. Three? Because I have three teenage daughters in my home right now, and if that person couldn't deal, that would be a problem. Right. But I don't want them to be a parent. That makes sense. I've thought about that, but it, was, it wasn't a strong deciding factor, but it did occur to me at times. So I'm just going to say two. Okay. Twelve. One consideration in choosing my partner was how they would reflect on my career. It doesn't say on. I misread it. But that's how I'm interpreting it. One consideration in choosing my partner was how they would reflect my career. Uh, One. I'm going to say five. Five. Yeah. I mean, my career is pretty uh, public. Mm -hmm. And it's also very important that that person be sex positive. That makes sense. You have a very well-defined career, too, from my point of view. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So that that makes a lot of sense to me. Mine is still more of a growing process with photography and the studio I work with and the company I work with in town. Mm -hmm. So I have to do a lot of things. It's not purely that. So that's why, yeah, it just never, it hasn't quite solidified for me, sadly. So (laughs) also I'm pretty romantic. So I've just generally leap at love and experience before I really give too much analytical consideration to it. Oh. (laughs) Which makes me foolish, I'm sure. No, I don't think so. I think it just means that we've had different experiences. Mm -hmm. I don't think, for example, I could still be in a relationship with a man from my 20s who is now a minister. I think he's a minister in Mexico. Wow. We just have different agendas. Just imagine your lifestyle with that person. I know. He thought that dancing before marriage was wrong. Wow, that's interesting. And uh, that's not a good match for mm -hmm. me. Yeah, I I I can't visualize that. It uh, it was a long time before we danced. Oh, I shouldn't make fun of him. Well, okay. 13, when my partner doesn't pay attention to me, I feel sick all over. Nah. Currently one, but recalling my past where Mm -hmm. before I grew, oh, Mm -hmm. yeah, I definitely was one of the awful boyfriends near the end of the breakup. Without a doubt, you know. Early 20s, approximately, I was, you become jealous of the friend groups, you know what I mean? Yeah. All these pathological ways you start to see your own relationship. And that probably included a lot of five rating of that question. Yep. But that doesn't exist today, I don't think. So I don't know how to answer that. Currently, current state, right? Yeah. Because, yeah. I'm going to say three. Two is what I was going with, by the way. I don't feel sick all over like I'm going to die and go into a manic rage. But I do feel 
uh, lovesick, like I experience a sense of withdrawal right now. Yes. I think that's because it's new. I like the lovesick way you of framing like it. You like lovesickness? Yeah. Well, I don't oh, like that. Gosh. The way you refer to it as lovesickness. Mm-hmm. I like that um, identifier. Especially if I'm with somebody and there's this slight expectation to satisfy some kind of basic desire or set of desires, and I don't get that, mm-hmm. yeah, I'd probably feel a little sick. But I also do generally, occasionally, if I'm craving that, which I do, and I can't satisfy those needs. I just feel, call it a two out of, or two rating of love sickness, okay. just generally. Yeah. But that's yeah, just yeah, normal yeah. for me. So Yeah. Whatever. We're passionate people, Dustin. I am. Yeah. Seems like you are too. Uh, yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yes. 14. I cannot relax if I suspect my partner is with someone else. Oh, gosh. I'm so. Oh. Whoa. Remember those days? Mm. I'm so done with that. Mm-hmm. So. Yeah, I haven't. I've had some experiences, I suppose, that have freed me up from that kind of despair, whatever you want to call it, sickness. Mm-hmm. So I don't really have that problem either. I think it's an Currently. openness for me. It's just, gosh, if you want to be with someone else, by all means, just let me know. Sure. Yeah. So I'm just going to go with one, if that's correct, if I'm remembering the question. I think one yeah. is correct um, for me. But, you know, suspecting my partner is with someone makes it sound so criminal. Yeah. If we've already gone into the realm of suspicion, something's not right, I suppose. Yeah. So. And then I feel <laughs> sick. But for other reasons, like, oh, God, I have to go through a breakup, not, oh, God, Right. That person is with someone else. Mm-hmm. I don't, you know. Yeah, unless you defined togetherness between the two of you as not being with other people and you were suspicious. I don't know. It really has to become quite specific about that. But yeah. in general, that's not a concern for me. Uh, 15. If my partner ignores me for a while, I sometimes do stupid things to try and get his or her attention back. Yeah, I'm going to go with three. I'm pretty flirtatious and playful if they're not paying attention to me. So, you know, See, you start to try and distract though. them, I guess, or you want their attention. So you do something about it, I suppose, or you try to. Not in a needy way, but a playful way, I suppose. Then mine has to be a four because it's positive. It's an affirmative response. Exactly. Three I see it as a positive neutral. interaction. Okay. Yeah. Okay. So then four. Right. Neutral. So, yeah, yeah, then I would say four. So tricky, this Likert scale. Six. Yours was I, four? Yeah. Not stupidly horrible things. <laughs> Not horribly stupid things, but but things of like, I'm bored. I'm, I want attention. Exactly. Uh, 16, I would rather suffer myself than to let my partner suffer. There was a time in my life that that was a five. That is uh, a two now. I was just going to say two, maybe. There are times in which I think facilitating and taking on a burden is clearly a positive thing to do in any relationship of any kind. But in general, I think people have to endure their own suffering because that's just life. And you can be a support <laughs> system for that. But to take away that experience in and of itself, I think, is a mistake because that's where we learn oh. and grow. So to start to do that is just, I think, a spiral downward pathologically. If you really try and I'm going to take all the suffering. Well, do they have terminal cancer or in general, are you just not letting them have their own bad experiences every day? So I'm going to go with two. So there's room for that. Yeah. You really got to think, be careful about that. But it's okay sometimes. But in general, no, they're going to deal with their life and I'm going to be there for them. But That's psh. such a healthy way of thinking about it because I think um, in my transition from, oh, yes, I will jump in front of a bus for you. It was about martyrdom and that being really sexy. 
Yeah. But you're adding to it the flavor of love, which is that I give you dignity. I maintain your dignity by letting you have your own challenges and not removing them from you. Right. And that doesn't mean it'll be comfortable for Mm -hmm. either of us. I have to watch this occur, whatever it is. Mm -hmm. But that's life, man. You just can't. You can't shield everything from everybody to make it a perfect utopia experience. So the same is true in relationships, I'd say. So no. that was so profound. Okay, we're almost there. Uh, 17, I cannot be happy unless I place my partner's happiness needs before my own. Disagree. Yep, one. And then at 18, I'm usually willing to sacrifice my own wishes to let my partner achieve theirs. I would actually say four for that. Mm. It's not so much a sacrifice. It's more of a flexibility. Mm-hmm. Like I am yeah. not so attached to my wishes that I can't accommodate if someone else feels more passionately about theirs. Yeah. If I'm imagining a relationship bond where that's important enough that I could decide to be flexible, as you say, absolutely, I would prioritize because the bond is has a lot of meaning to it. So, yeah, four. I like four. I'd, I'd make some strong sacrifices. Want to know something interesting? Hmm. It looks like when I originally did this on the Sexplanations YouTube show, I said, strongly disagree. No sacrifice needs to be made. I can negotiate. Yeah, actually, I watched that today. Yeah. You did say that. Isn't that strange? How hmm. I, I, From four years ago? Changing. Yeah. Oh my what was your goodness. answer for 16? Um, I'd rather suffer than to let my partner suffer. Oh, like a one. A two, 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 two. Okay, so we add these up in threes? Yep. So you bracket the statements into chunks of threes and add them up. And then the highest score for your love style would be 15, because if you had all three as fives, and then your lowest would be a three. And while you add those up, we can do kegels here. Feel your kegels if you're able. squeeze. I don't want to mess up anyone's math. But I'm going to turn you on anyway. Do it. AdamandEve.com is an online store for adults to buy toys and gear for their sexual adventures. Uh. Oh, by the way, if you're new to the Sexpolations podcast, every time you hear a moan in this sponsorship plug from our awesome sponsor, please clench your pubococcygeus muscles or your PC muscles by doing a Kegel. And um, we'll all strengthen our orgasms that way. So dildos. Strokers, uh, vibrating cock rings, uh, playful sex games, uh, and cushions to prop your partner up for new sex positions. They're all available on their website, adamandeve.com. Uh, when you use promo code SEXPOD at checkout, oh. they'll sweeten the deal with 50% off any eligible item. One of those items. Uh, and they will ship that item and the rest of your package for free if you live in the U.S. or Canada. Uh, okay, how did we come out? Should we start with the first group? Well, just tell me what what our love styles are. What's the highest for each of us? Your highest is? The first bracket. Really? 12. Yes. So 12. is yours, the first bracket. 14. Both of us. Mm-hmm. That's fascinating. So what's the first one? Uh, the first one is Eris. I'll describe it. Just as I did in the video. Here, we'll have 
past me do it. Eros is passionate. It's like being struck by Cupid's arrow. Immediate attraction, like love at first sight. And because Eros lovers like touch, they tend to become more intimate before other love styles. The emphasis is on high intensity romance, so it's a little less sustainable and a lot shorter lived. It's a little less sustainable and a little lot shorter lived. Oh yeah, that makes sense actually. <laughs> no! Say it this ain't is, so! This is great. Yeah, that's so me. <laughs> I just gotta be honest, that's totally me. Yep. A high intensity burn and then yeah, it's gone? Yeah, first love at first sight kind of thing. Yeah, for sure. Or passion <sighs> at first sight, I'd call it, yeah. So what do we do? Well, I don't know. <laughs> I wouldn't call myself an expert. <laughs> I, uh, I have no idea. If there are any love experts out there, let us know. Hmm. What, do we, what did Dustin and I do about being Eros lovers? Ludus, the second category, is playful. It's flirtatious. It's a pursuit, um, that kind of game playing seduction. Then Storge is the friendship love, a natural affection that starts by people who know each other in other circumstances and then build that romance and intimacy over time. Pragma is like pragmatic, practical, right? It's that business kind of relationship. Is this person going to be a good parent? Are they going to fit into my family dynamic well? Are they going to support me in the future? Then mania is known as destructive passion. That's the kind of possessiveness, the jealousy that I love you so much. I just want to unzip your body and climb inside. Wow. <laughs> right? That's where I would say I was. That's kind of hot. Oh, yo, yeah? Yeah. At first, I imagine that might become overbearing eventually, but. <clears throat> or smell like decaying flesh. Mm -hmm. Agape is selfless love. So that's the last category. And that's what parents are considered to have for their children in healthy relationships where it's that unconditional, everlasting, I will sacrifice myself for you. Sure. Which I don't think for a romantic unconditional relationship love. is positive. Because mm. then you have someone being a martyr and there isn't the healthy give and take. Mm -hmm. But I would not consider myself a love expert. And so I'm just going to relinquish those decision-making kind of uh, judgment calls to other professionals. Hmm. Sounds good. Yeah, I don't have a clue. I, I, would, I wouldn't dare to offer insight to other people. I'd say I'm pretty healthy by and large, but when it comes to something like this, I think that's too unique, I think, for me to just, I don't know what I'm talking about. So, yeah, I can only reflect on my own experiences. But I think that's incredibly positive, and I think that it's helpful for people in our lives to hear experiences because that's what removes the stigma around it, right? There's no isolation right. in that. Right, for sure. Which is why I was so willing to just come talk about this kind of thing. It's it's uh, it's exciting because there isn't a forum to just do this on the regular yeah. in, in my daily routines, I suppose. No. But even in general, I don't know. We don't, it occurs, but it doesn't. So it's just uh, nice to be able to go there myself in an experience like this. So anyway, point is, I agree. I like Getting I'm glad that you did. I like that we have the same love style. It intrigues me. Uh, Do you just take the highest value? You just kind of, so now we have metrics for the other groups, but really what we're looking at is the top dog in the list. Yeah. What is your second and what's my second? The second is the third one. Yours is the fourth. Yeah. So I have uh, some pragma going on and yours, you said it was storge, the, the friendship third. love. Yeah. Which, which is what? The friendship love. Friendship love. Yeah, well, that's just how it happened. 
So are you friends with a lot of your partners still? Uh, one. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, okay. So way more arrows. (laughs) Yeah, for sure. Uh, I wouldn't consider myself enemies with any of them, Mm -hmm. but certainly only have dialogue on the occasion with one. Yeah, definitely arrows. Definitely two passionate people hanging out in the Holy Fucking Science Recording Studio mm-hmm. doing Sexplanations podcast. Uh, t- we're going to leave you with some sextra credit. Assignments are not always bad, so here's some sextra credit. I think it would be wise for people to take this questionnaire themselves and find out, is there anything you want to give them for homework? Oh, give them some homework? Mm-hmm. Um, sure. Be open about this kind of stuff more yeah. frequently. Yeah. Talk about it more openly and seek guidance, too. I learned that again recently, inquiring to a friend of mine about a particular scenario. And it was just nice to get, not that they're an expert either, but it was nice to put it out there and just hear from a specific point of view what I might do about something in my life. And it was nice to get feedback on that in any way. So, yeah, definitely. Yeah. So take the questionnaire and then maybe have a conversation Mm -hmm. with someone. And then maybe get them to do it, too, and interact. Ooh, interaction. Mm-hmm. Like this. We're talking about it. Mm. Mm-hmm. It's so sweet. It's so wonderful. I'm so grateful for you, Dustin. Thank, Thank you. Thank you for coming on the show. Yeah, my pleasure. Grateful for you, too. This is always exciting. I never know what the heck's going to happen, but <laughs> stuff like this makes life uh, pretty interesting. So We didn't even talk about the naked photo shoot with cake. Oh, yeah. Well, it's on a calendar, so people can go check that out. Yeah. Yeah. Fun times. One time I wanted a picture of me with cake smeared on my body and Dustin was game. So, you know, Dustin, you just keep making the world a better place. Thank you. That's good to know, actually. Yes. Do what we can. I will uh, boost your confidence anytime. I also want to give a special thanks to our production team, Callie from Cinema Studios and Complexly and Count Boogie, who does the jingles. Thank you all so much. Thank you to our listeners and our sponsors. And Cora and Parl, I'm still learning.